we're bringing together imperfect people in pursuit of a whole life. Welcome to Pathfinder Church Message Podcast. This week, Pastor Dion shares his message from Some Assembly Required, Add It to Your Story. So you finally get that Ikea bookshelf assembled. And miracle of miracles, no one called a divorce lawyer in the process. You got it done, you get it set up, you put the stuff on it, you style it in its place. What do you do next? Come on, you know. You take a picture, that's right, and you... Tell all your friends, you text all your friends, you take a picture, you, you post it online, you share it to your Facebook or Instagram account, you add it to your story. And this totally makes sense. When you encounter a victory in life or, or something you feel proud about, something good, you want to share it with other people. You want other people to join you in the victory, you want other people to join you in the celebration. It just makes sense for us to do. But... We know after the last 10 or 15 years of most of us being on social media that what we start off doing with good intentions for a good reason doesn't always have a good effect on the audience that we're sharing with. Uh, For instance, we probably all heard of the highlight reel effect that when I share something good in my life, it can give the inaccurate picture that my life is all good and so indiscriminate. Viewers of my story on Instagram might get the idea that, man, my life is way better than theirs. And what I, what I wanted just to share with people, I wanted to share a, a good moment, some of my joy with the people around me. Suddenly, I, I'm now instead causing envy, or I'm, I'm stirring people up to be dissatisfied with their life. I'm maybe kindling depression in someone else. I didn't mean to do that. I was just, I'm just trying to share something good in my life. Uh, some of us are aware of this, and so we've, we've tried to balance this out. We've tried to use social media to be real with each other and to share not just the highlights, but also some of the struggles. And yet, in doing that, even though it's an honest, honorable thing to do, sometimes an unintended consequence of all this is, is you know, I'm having a bad day or I'm ranting about something or I'm, I'm talking about a, a hardship or a, a loss or something in my life that's, that's heavy and, and I put it out there and it used to be that if I shared that with some friends, they could sit with me in empathy and we could work through that together, but now I put it out there and, and maybe a few hundred or a few thousand people see that and people who were just a few minutes ago having a great day are suddenly brought down along with me. Sometimes as I share things online, I'm spreading misery. And of course, that's not what I'm intending to do, but it's what happens regardless. So here's what I want us to think about today. What's bad on Instagram, what's bad on Facebook is actually good in the church. See, that's one of the reasons that some assemblies required that if you want a whole life, if you want to pursue greater wholeness for yourself, this is not optional. There's something that happens here in church that you cannot find anywhere else. Things in church, it it just hits different. And so when we share 
stories like we're doing today. The goal is not to spread envy. The goal is not to spread around misery. I hope you know that. The goal is, is to do a couple of other things, important things. One of the goals of this weekend is simply to help us understand that there is a commonality in all of our human experiences. Yes, your story looks different than mine, and my story looks different than yours, and, and that can all be true. We are unique people on unique journeys, and yet there are some things, many things in life, that are universal. There are common things that we all experience in life. And that's really important to know when, when you're going through something, to know that it's not, it's not all on you. You're not alone. It may feel personal, but it's actually universal. Uh, there's another reason that we share stories in church and in, in another way that they, they hit different. See, the other reason we share stories in church is because we want to encourage you to keep going. We want you to know that your story's never over. We want to want to nudge you on as you go through things in life. Because as I said at the beginning, it's hard sometimes to recognize God at work in your life. You go through seasons where, where it feels like God is not at work at all. It's hard to see God at work in your life. And yet, just like uh, maybe with, with talents, you know, it's, it's easier to see other people's talents than your own. You see people up here on the platform, you're like, man, they're so talented. And, and you just kind of write off your talents. And God's given everyone skills and talents. Like, you have them, but it's easier to see them in other people than in yourself, isn't it? Or uh, maybe a negative example, a flip side of this example, is it's easy to see when someone else has chia seeds stuck in their teeth. Way easier for you to see that than to know that you've got them yourself. But if this ever happens to chia seeds, or if you're not that healthy, pepper or something else, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, when you're in that moment where you see someone, and I don't know about you, but I'm working up the courage and the tact to try to find a way to let them know that, the first thing I do when I see that, as I do this, I go, you know, I'm like, if you've got it, maybe I have it too. Suddenly, seeing something in you made me look within me to say, is there something going on here that I need to pay attention to? Weird example, but that's what, that's what this is about. That, that maybe seeing something in someone else's story, seeing God at work in someone else's story, has that same effect where you suddenly look within and you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is God doing something here? See, it's different when we share our stories in the church. Different reasons, different effect. Uh, Peter talks about this. He's the guy that we've been studying. We've been studying his letter over the course of the series. Peter is one of the closest followers of Jesus, one of the leaders of the New Testament church. And uh, we're looking at the last chapter of his letter. I'm not going to look at all of it because all this has to be brief today. Here's what Peter says. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. You get this picture of, of moments in life where it feels like God's hand is heavy on you. He's pressing down on you. And Peter says, when you come to those moments in life, the answer is not to rage against God's hand. It's not to complain. It's to humble yourself, to surrender. And here's why. When you do that, then he will lift you up in due time, right? That same hand that was heavy on you will lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You struggle with anxiety, so does everyone else. It's universal, Peter says. Then he goes on, he says, also be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, your enemy is not someone of a different ideology or a political party, and I got to say that because elections are coming, your enemy is not someone of a different ideology or political party, 
We know biblically who the enemy is. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world, and I would say throughout time, is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. In other words, you're going through something hard, you're, you're, you're being attacked, life is difficult, you're suffering, you're not alone, this is universal, Peter says. Everyone undergoes those times in life. And then he says this, and the God of all grace who called you not just to suffering forever, but to eternal glory, these are temporary things, glory is our destiny, to eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you. It's only a matter of time. He will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Notice what Peter's saying. He's saying suffering. It is universal. But notice what he's also saying. He's saying, if you're a child of God, if you belong to the family of God, not only is suffering universal, but so is victory. So is glory. You see, when we tell stories in here, we realize that there are no heroes to be envied and there are no victims to be pitied, not in the family of God, because we know that in all of our stories, that behind every story of, of victory, of joy, of success, we know that that's happening to a person who's just like us, a flawed imperfect, sinful person who's getting something way better than they deserve. We don't envy those people as heroes of the story. We just know that, that they're getting some undeserved goodness in their life because we're all sinful and, and we don't deserve the good things that we have in life. And on the flip side, we also know that every story of suffering and pain and loss and hurt is also a story of someone getting what they don't deserve. You know that? Because if you're in the family of God, you belong to the most powerful being in all of the universe. And pain and suffering and hardship, that's, that's not what you deserve. If you belong to him, you deserve better than that. You see, when we tell stories in here, we're mindful of, of both sides of our stories, that in every story, both parts are working together. There's suffering and there's glory, and it's so important that we don't lose sight of this when we share our stories, when we hear other people's stories, to know what's really going on. Because when we do, when we lose a part of this, do you know what happens? Let me, let me uh, instead of telling you, let me illustrate from my own story. The last few years for me, say specifically the last two, they have been a tough run. Not just for me, but for my family. It's been one of those uh, seasons where, it's a long season, a season where there's been hurt after hurt, pain after pain, loss after loss. And numerous times over the last couple of years, we've kind of gotten to the end of something. We thought, okay, we made it. Whew. It's time for God to lift us up now. And instead, another hit came. Now, if you've lived long enough, you've lived through seasons like that. I know that. And if you haven't lived through seasons like that yet, it'll happen. It's universal. Again, it feels intensely personal, but it's not. This is universal. 
And, and for me, some of those things, those hard things, those painful things, some of those things were my fault. Uh, I, I, you know, I made bad decisions. I didn't prepare well enough. I you know, didn't manage things well. Some of those things were, were consequences of, of just, you know, being a bonehead sometimes, I guess. I don't know. Some of those things were on me, but many of the things that I have encountered the last couple of years, I didn't deserve. And my family certainly didn't deserve those things. But here's what started to happen. I, I got so focused because, you know, after a while, thing after thing after thing, pain, loss, betrayal, thing after thing after thing, you start to lose sight of the other part of your story of all the other things you also don't deserve. It's about eight years ago that I was sitting in a, a boardroom here with our elder board, and um, they were interviewing me to see if I was a fit candidate to pass on to the congregation to be the senior pastor here. I was already associate pastor for seven years, and, and now it was this, uh, this step to say, you know, is this a guy who could be senior pastor? And they asked me about a Bible passage, 1 Timothy chapter 3, where it talks about the qualifications of overseers or pastors. And one of the lines there uh, in 1 Timothy, Paul says, is an overseer must be above reproach. An overseer must be above reproach. Reproach just means above uh, disappointment or disapproval. <laughs> and I remember that day having a, a long conversation with the elders about how I think we misunderstand and misapply that verse all of the time because here's the open secret about all church leaders. We all know that if someone follows us around long enough, if someone surveils us long enough, if someone digs deep enough in our trash, you will find something that you disapprove of. You will find something disappointing. We all know that, that we're, we're just, you know, one psycho person who's stalking us away from being canceled. We all know that. We all know that as church leaders. And so I sat there with the elders and, and I had this honest discussion about, hey, you know what? If you're looking for someone who will always be above the disappointment of people or the disapproval of people, I don't think I'm your guy, but I don't think that's what Paul's asking for because I don't know where you're going to find that pastor. And, and we just had an honest conversation about that. And now I think about the fact that eight years later from that conversation, here I stand. They not only approved me as the elder body to go to the congregation for a vote, but bigger than that, I stand here today in spite of all of my imperfections, my reproachability, I stand here approved by God, called by God, approved by God through Jesus. And I think about that. I think about that all the time. It's on my mind all the time. How does a guy like me get called to do things like this? It doesn't add up. But it's not just, it's not just that someone hasn't walked me out with a banker's box full of my stuff and, and fired me. That's, that's not the thing that blows me away. The thing that really blows me away is, is I think about the church in America right now. And if you don't know this, churches all over America are dying at record pace. COVID just hastened what was already happening in the American church. And we here at Pathfinder have certainly struggled. We've, we've had lots of struggle, ups and downs. We're still struggling. But here's what I see here. There's resurrection happening here. I mean, I hope you see that in today's stories. People are being brought to life here. 
And if you don't see it in today's stories, come to Getting Started sometime and hear the stories there monthly of people being brought to life or volunteer for Pathfinder Kids or Pathfinder Students and watch how kids and students are being brought to life. Join an action team and you'll see that people are being brought to life. And and I see that knowing who I am and, and knowing all of my flaws, all my imperfections, all of my sin. I see that happening and I wonder why, God? Why here? Why us? So many churches are dying. Why are you doing a work of resurrection here? Knowing that I'm a leader with unclean hands and unclean lips, and I don't don't deserve to see this happen as a result of the fruit of my work. It's not just that if you're a leader, you know that right now is, is, is difficult as ever to recruit people for your organization. Right? It's hard to find good people right now. And we've got some open positions, we're still recruiting for stuff. But, but I, I look around at the leaders who have come to join me in this work, and it's, it, it blows my mind. I have hit the lottery, I've hit the jackpot with talented people who want to work with a guy like me. And I don't deserve that. Not only that, here, here's what's even more amazing to me, that these gifted leaders, talented leaders, have chosen to leave some of the places that are the hottest places in America to live. I don't need to tell you that everybody wants to live in Nashville, everybody wants to live in Denver, other parts of Colorado, everybody wants to live on the West Coast, and some of our recent hires have have left Nashville, have left Denver, have left Bend, Oregon to come here to St. Louis. Now, I love St. Louis. I want to live in St. Louis the rest of my life, but Nashville, Denver, Oregon, I mean, People are leaving some of the most enviable places in the country to live, and they're coming here. I, I don't des- we don't deserve that. See, what is God doing in all of that? It's easy to lose sight of it, isn't it? And then, and for me, it's not just about leadership. I think about I think about my family. I was 23 years old. I just did a wedding yesterday. They were a little older than I was, uh, but 23 years old when I stood up in a church and I made vows to Jocelyn. And the reality is I had no idea what I was doing or getting myself into. But here's what I knew. I went to a very small college. I wanted to be married after college. Jocelyn was, in my opinion, the prettiest girl in the school. I also got to know her, and she was, she was a person of character. We had, we had values that matched. But, but beyond that, it seems, seems good enough. Let's, let's do this thing. And, and I am in awe. I'm in awe of the kindness of God to my 23-year-old self who did not know what he was doing. Way too big of a decision for 23-year-olds to make. And, and yet... The kindness of God who was giving me that day a partner beyond my imagination. Someone who would stand with me through all of the ups and downs. Not just that, someone who would grow with me. And to stick with me, not just through life's ups and downs, but through all of my ugliness, all of, all of the ugly process of growth that has happened in my life and is still happening in my life. I did not deserve that. I do not deserve that. And I think about my kids and, and there's nothing that I've worked harder at in life than, than to have a whole family. 
I grew up in a very messy, broken family, and, and I wanted to have a whole family, and, and I've worked so hard at it, and yet here's what I know. I've been imperfect at it all along the way. How do you give? How do you create something that you never had? I'm, I'm just like spitballing and parenting all of the time, trying to do the best I, I can, but, but not really knowing what even to do, and I look at my kids, and they're imperfect people, but... But they're good people, they're, they're loving people, they're talented people, they're kind-hearted people, they're humans of good character. And I look at them, and I know I've worked hard, but I know how I've messed up, and I just think, I, I don't deserve that. And I think about other facets of my life, I mean, smaller stuff than that. I think about, I grew up, and, and we'd get utilities shut off because parents couldn't pay bills, and... And, and, and now, like if, if the power goes off, it's Ameren's fault. It's not my fault. I can pay my bills. I think that's amazing. And I grew up in a house that didn't always have food in the pantry or food in the fridge. And, and now, now we have Instacart. It's crazy to me. Like people will shop for us and drop it off on our front porch. I feel like I'm Downton Abbey, like living in that. I've got people who do this stuff for me. I don't, I don't. I don't deserve this. You see, it's easy in life to lose sight of one of the parts of your story or to make assumptions about one part of your story. But you see, in all things, in all things, we are undeserving. There is an injustice to all of our sufferings. There is an injustice to all of our glories. And yet it's so easy to lose sight of that paradox. And when you do, at least here's what happened to me on, on the way that I lost. I got so focused on, on the pains and the hardships that were undeserved and th that I forgot all the other things that were undeserved. Here's what happened to me. I started to become anger and resentful and bitter. Started to be a person who spreads misery around. On the other side, if it's all victory and joy and glory and you forget about the struggle and the hardship, then, then your, your temptation is probably to pride or arrogance or shallowness. You'll not be a very deep person. You see, in all things, we are undeserving. So I wanna ask you today, what part of the equation have you forgotten? Which one is easier for you to lose sight of? Because here's what makes what we do today in the church, sharing stories, different. When we are honest about both parts of our story, our stories go from being things that spread envy or misery to being stories that actually bring others to life. But we've got to recognize all the parts. And so on this uh, card that you got, here's what I want you to do right now. Moment three, this is where we are. This is probably not something you want to talk about or discuss with someone around you. This is something you want to write down. Uh, I want you to make two columns on this card under moment three. One of them can say sufferings. One of them can say glories. Sufferings, glories. And then I want you to think about some of the undeserved sufferings of your most recent chapter. I want you to think about some of the undeserved glories of your most recent chapter. And I say undeserved because, yeah, we, we all suffer for some of our foolish decisions. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that aren't your fault. You didn't deserve them. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a medical issue that you're dealing with and you've always taken good care of yourself and now you're facing this medical thing and it's, it's not deserved. 
or you're in a relationship with someone who is, who is destroying the relationship and you've been faithful and diligent or you're working for an employer and you show up and you give your all and, and it's not working out for you, you're being mistreated. Those are the things I'm talking about. Start to list out some of those things in the recent part of your story. It's important that we stay anchored in those things, but don't stop there. Also go to the undeserved glories. Think about the things in life that have gone so much better than you deserve. Think about the career that you're in that you could never have dreamed of or given to yourself without the help of God. Think about the loving and forgiving people in your life who have shown you mercy beyond anything you deserve. Undeserved sufferings, undeserved glories. When we recognize both, that's when our stories become powerful. So you got a couple minutes, the clock is running. Take some time and fill in the blanks in your own story. Thanks for listening to the Pathfinder Church Message Podcast. If you would like to hear more messages like this, hit the subscribe button. You can also find more resources at our website, pathfinderstl.org.